Hey, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you're at. Uh, Ryan here with The Power of Helping People. Man, I can't play that intro enough. I get goosebumps every single time I play that. And, and I don't know if it's just because it's just drawing me in, but I have a very special guest that really drew me in. Um, his name is Eddie Brown. Eddie Brown, I'm going to just give a real brief you know, description of him, but we're going to go right into it. But man, Eddie Brown, I met this guy at a, at a conference. I've met him on social media. We, were, we talked a little bit before, but I've been following him for quite some time on social media. And, you know, it's such a powerful thing social media does, man, especially when you can get around a group of individuals that are so powerful. And this guy's got a really good story. And I wanted to bring him on just to kind of just tell you, he's got a, a nonprofit called Giving Words. Okay. And, you know, I just, I, I just, I cannot believe the things that are going on with this, this organization. And I'm really excited to bring him on. But first and foremost, welcome Eddie Brown. How you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. It's good to be here. Dude, it's uh, it's it's a, it's an honor to have you on the show here today because here's the thing: is you're doing so many impactful things, and you know when we met at uh, Grow Your Business for God's sakes uh, from with Gun Lundy, it just I knew when you know when I saw you, I knew it was meant to be. You know, I just I felt like God was putting me in the room and He's saying, "Hey, you have to sit down with this guy." I mean, the things that you're doing with your nonprofit is just amazing. So so just tell us a little bit about Giving Word, uh, and then we can you know kind of go into you know your personal life and, and how you came sure. about that but let's let's just talk about a little bit about giving words sure so uh giving words uh what we do with it is we want to give words of hope and hands that help so we want to share love and then we want to be actionable with that love um and then we help single parents and so right now with the size of the nonprofit, we focus on single moms and we're in the car repair uh, portion of that because most single moms can't afford to the maintenance on their car or do repairs. Um, and so we're taking care of car repairs and then we're also doing car giftings as well. Um, and we do that through the uh, high school, through the career and technical education program. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and, the, and the best thing about it is, is you're actually helping single mothers. And I come from a, uh, a background of single mother, my mom and, you know, raised my brother and I as a single mother and, and really didn't have much help. And, you know, the best thing about that is, is, is when, when we sat at the table and I was in Lexington, Kentucky with my mother, it was almost one of those things that it was just so powerful. There was so much, so much things going on in that room. And, and as you know, it was just a very powerful three days, you know, and, and to believe, believe it or not, it was one of those things that you, you almost were like, I can't believe, is this surreal? So tell me a little bit about your experience in that conference. I mean, tell me a little bit what you learned and, you know, how, how impactful that conference was for you, not only you, but your guests too. You can talk to me a little bit about your guests too that came with you. Sure. So um, it was just very impactful for me. And one of the most impactful things was to have known people for quite some time and never have met them in person um, and feel just such a deep connection of our brother and sister in Christ um, that when I met them in person, it's like we had known each other for 20 years. Um, and and through that interaction of, you know, sharing our stories um, and in the social media space and Zoom calls and things like that, and then actually meeting this person uh, is the first time I've really experienced anything like that. Um, and then to, uh, you know, me and you two have met on social media through Brian Hess and the time that we spend in that space and sharing each other's stories and then to actually sit down with you. 
Um, and, you know, we shared stories in that in that um, social media space. But at the time, I didn't know that you your mom was a single mom when she raised you. And and all of a sudden, you know, you and I are in the same room with your mom, which was a single mom. And part of my story is serving single moms and just the God connections through that. Um, and just, you know, for me, you know, God designed us for community um, and to see that community come together in a place, uh, you know, in worship um, and the relationships that were built there, um, you know, was pretty powerful. And then, you know, I brought my niece with me um, that was raised by a single mom. And one of the reasons I brought her is, you know, she's 22. And to be able to experience something like that, um, I wanted her to have that experience and to be able to grow from that point. And that's not something that I had the opportunity to do at 22. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to do it at 44. And so I wanted to bring her along with me so she could experience it as well. Well, so so we're going to reverse a little bit. I mean, obviously, you brought your niece. That was a very impactful thing because I know she got a lot out of it. You could just tell each day it got better and better. And you could just see the smile on her face. And then mm -hmm. she started to loosen up. And it was just like, she has got it. She yeah. knows what's going on right now. And so yeah. she probably went home and she's probably like, I'm going to do this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like putting that into action. When you come home, it's like I had so much going on and everybody was so overwhelmed with all the emotions. But you really just got to stop real quick and then mm -hmm. slow down to speed up and, and really just take that and put it into action. Because a lot of people were saying, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? You just got to write it down on the paper and you got to put it into action. Regardless of what you got to do, you just got to go for it. And being consistent, and a lot, of the, a lot of the people that follow me know how consistent I've been the last four years. And it's just one of those things that all I want to do is help people. When I, when I was drawn into that room with you, I knew for a fact that God said, hey, we need to sit down together. We need to talk. We need to be a part of each other for those four days. Back to your niece. You know, I know she she got a ton out of this conference. And and when she came home, what did she do? Did she put anything into action? Has she been doing anything with that aspect of it? Sure, absolutely. So the neat thing about bringing her, she actually helps me with giving words. Um, and nice. so she's like, she's like my admin assistant. Um, and so she's allowed me to step into other things to grow giving words by her taking care of some other things for me. Um, and so when I brought her, instead of bringing Eddie's two ears, I was bringing four ears from giving words. And so I've seen her apply that into giving words and only expand what she was already doing for giving words. And so it was kind of a, an experience for me to grow giving words with having two people from giving words there but also the personal development and the people that she met that she can use in her own life because she wants to be a life coach. Um, mm. She's got a bunch of ideas of different things that she wants to do. And so she's really young. And this, for me, this was a launching pad for her. Man, if I was 22 years old and I had that opportunity, it'd be amazing. I mean, just just to yeah. pour into her in those three days, three and a half days that you had, it's yeah. just, I mean, I'm sure it was so impactful for her. Now, mm -hmm. I always ask this question to, to a lot of people, and, and, and the reason why I want to ask this today is because it's a little different than asking how your day is. It's, it's can you tell me, uh, you know, just, just your favorite moment of the day so far? Wow. Uh, really, it was this morning, just a men's Bible study. Uh, we do car church with Alex Flores, and we're just reading in Acts. Um, and it was interesting. I was talking to my wife this morning and uh, just about prayer. And um, and so she gave me an acronym for Acts. 
Uh, and so I jotted that down. So that was pretty neat for me this morning. And then we're also studying in Acts as well. And I don't actually have that in front of me right now. So I actually go get it real quick so I can give you that uh, that basis for prayer. So I'll be back in just a second. Awesome, man. I love you. Um, so we were talking about prayer this morning and really what my day starts off with is I wake up in the morning, I pray first, I get into God's word. I'm usually reading out of Oswald Chambers, my first morning's highest. Um, I spend from six o'clock to seven o'clock with Jenny. We're praying, reading God's word. And then from seven to eight, I spend it with Charlotte because Jenny leaves for school and then I take Charlotte to school. So I get to spend two hours a morning just with my family, um, just in an intentional time. Um, and so when Jenny and I were talking this morning, she she broke down prayer for me uh, in Acts. And so A is for adoration, really adoring God, loving God, and, and just really praying over that. Um, confession is the C, which is forgiveness. And thanksgiving is the T, which is gratitude. And then supplication, which is the asking. Um, and so it was neat to have her... Uh, us talk about this that this morning, which was Acts, and I was actually studying um, in Bible study uh, Acts chapter twelve. Wow! Yeah, so adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Wow, that's good. That's really good, man. I just uh, thank you for sharing that with me. You know, sure. I mean, I, w I want to bring something up real quick, and I, and I and the reason why I want to bring this up is because I want I want people to see your mission. And why don't sure. you, if you, if you can read it, why don't you read out your mission statement? Sure. Um, giving struggling mothers and their children words of hope and hands at help to provide single and young mothers with the necessary tools to raise their children in a healthy and productive productive environment. Share a message of hope through encouragement, fellowship, and education. We want to nurture the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual development of children, guide young women to give of themselves and to give of their community uh, and to their world. Wow, that's powerful. You know, I mean, the, the mission is almost the, the, the number one thing when you have a nonprofit because people mm -hmm. got to visualize everything. You're really just, you're really the person that you say you are. And that's what I love about you is when I met you for the first time, I'm like, that guy is so true that I need to be a part of something. Because believe it or not, when people are on this journey, you just want to be a part of it. You know, and, and I posted something on Facebook today and, you know, I, I really let out a lot of emotion and, and, and really just told people how I felt and what I did, you know, and it's just a very trialing times for me. But I wanted people to see that because people are out there struggling. And so that's why I'm so it's such a special moment today, just because of what you do for single mothers. I mean, my mom right now is watching my my kid upstairs and while I'm in my studio down here because I, I do all my podcasts at home. And, you know, just to be able to say, Mom, thank you. Thank you for giving me the time to be able to do this. Thank you for being that mother that was always there for me. Thank you for being that person that worked 60 to 70 hours. And I understand that she was working and doing those things. But guess what? She did it for the better purpose of my brother and I and made us better people. And, you know, I, I believe it or not, I get a lot of my work ethic from my grandfather and my mother. You know, because she worked so hard and she was beat down so much that, you know, when she got out and she worked for us, it's just a true testament of what single mothers do. They do whatever it takes. 
Yep. You know, and the, and the crazy thing is, is, do we do what it takes every single day? You know, right. you look at things, you look at trials, you look at tribulations and say, you know what, this person's doing this. My life's not so bad. You know, we right. have, we have it, we have it made. And that's why I thank God every single day because I'm wearing the shirt. I wear the shirt a lot. You know, it's a sweatshirt. I wear, I, I promise you, I wear different shirts underneath, but this shirt is my, my favorite shirt. It's from Mark, my buddy, Mark. And he, he literally, this new day is his brand. Every day right. is a new day. You know, we have, we get to experience every single day as a new day. And that's what the grace of God does for us, you know, because he lets us get up every single day. And what you're doing right now for single mothers is making them have hope, you know, and, and that word, I use that very lightly, but that's hope. They get hope every single day because you're there to help them if they go through little things or they go through trials. So tell me a little bit about what a couple things you've done to impact mothers, Tell us a couple stories because people, my guests, are going to want to definitely hear your, the stories. But tell me your two most impactful stories that you've done. And we can go about and we can dissect them. But just tell me your best story that you sure. had that you've encountered. So um, we, we work with other partner nonprofits. And so we've worked with the She Shelter out of Charlottesville. And it's um, Shelter of Help for Emergency. And so we got a young mom there that was in a domestic violence situation. Um, and I've actually got a link that I can give you um, that she actually tells her story. Um, and so uh, she gave us a call um, and we just kind of met her exactly where she was. And for her, she didn't have a vehicle. She'd been in this domestic violence situation and I actually got a text from her about three days ago. And she said, I have been domestic violence free for two years uh, because of y'all's help. And we actually gave her a car and that car was donated by a church and went through the career and technical education program. It was a red blazer and you'll actually see that in the video. Um, and I had $234 in it. And so she's been domestic violence free for $234. Wow. And students and students made that possible. Wow. And so, and she's got two young children that are not living in that situation right now. She's stable. She's doing well. Um, she actually gave that car to somebody else because she was able to get another car. And so she paid it forward. And so wow. for me to be able to have these, I call it God math. Um, you know, like last uh, year before last, we gave away four cars on Giving Tuesday. It was about $11,000 worth of cars, Kelly Blue Book. And then we had $700 in all four cars because they was wow. donated. They went through the high school program and the, and the park cost only at a discount rate was $700 for all four of those cars. And so we moved four moms' lives forward for $700. Wow. Um, now, now, do you take every single vehicle that you get? I mean, or is it something you have to dissect it and say, is it worth doing or is it worth doing this or worth doing that? So do you take every vehicle or do you have to really just dissect and really just make sure it's the right vehicle for you so you don't put a ton of money in it? Yeah, so really what we'll do, the, the beautiful thing about the career technical education program, and I'll tell you what's expanded outside of that as well, is a car goes with the career and technical education program. Like I've got three cars right now that I can't use but I didn't know I couldn't use them, but they went to the career and technical education program. They, they check them over and the students then decide whether it's a good fit or not. And so the students are actually seeing when they're, when the time comes that a vehicle should be recycled. So the students get it. So on all of our cars, the students get an education. 
then the ones we keep, we're able to give away. The ones we recycle, we're able to take that $250 and put it back into the program to use for something else. So let's say I got a vehicle I can't use. I sell it for recycling for $250. Well, I gave that mom a blazer for $234. So the car that I got that I recycled, I turn around and use the money and gave a whole car away. That's awesome. Um, I've had situations where I had a Chevy Impala in the shop that needed parts. Somebody donated the Chevy Impala I couldn't use, and I was able to take the parts off that car and put them on the other car to make a car to give away. The part that was messed up was the analog brake system, which is $400 part. So I took a $400 part off a car I got, donated, put it on this car, gave that car away, and had no money in the car. Wow. And it goes back to that God math. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. and then the other thing too, is when a car gets donated, we're building a relationship with that person that's then paying it forward to somebody else. So whether, you know, the students are getting an education and we recycle it, there's still benefit to that. And when we get a car we can use and we give that away. And then as we track these cars, we can say, um, you know, this type model car, uh, as we have the repair history on it is going to be, is going to have more repairs on it once the mom gets it. So we don't want to give these away. So we're able, yeah. you know, as we grow, we're able to look at the demographics of the cars we're getting and go, you know, Hey, you know, a Honda Civic, which a lot of us know, you know, it lasts forever. 300 great cars, miles. great cars. Right. Exactly. So it's just kind of looking at that stuff. Um, so we really put everything to use and really, I just look at, what God's done with giving words as far as the five to 5,000 principle right out of the Bible, how do I take little and make much? Um, and so um, like kind of the backstory is giving words began in my driveway. Um, and what happened is my older daughter's friends became single moms and I repaired those cars here at the house. Um, my son was in career and technical education and he would ask us to bring our cars over to get the oil changed. And so I'm sitting here repairing these mom's cars at the house and I go, man, what if I could use the career and technical education to help me fix these cars? We have, the kids are getting an education. We have no labor. We're, we're a grassroots nonprofit. We have no money. So we've got to be able to accomplish this task some kind of way. How can I do it? Um, and so like right now, career and technical education, the cars that I've ran through them donation wise, I've spent a thousand dollars, but we've had $5,000 worth of labor provided by that process. And so it's one fifth the cost. Yeah. That's, that is so amazing because here, here's the thing is how many States are you in right now? So right now we're only in Virginia right now. Um, we're working in, uh, Louisa County and then we've helped in Albemarle. We've also helped um, in Fluvanna and Orange, as well as Louisa. Now, we have helped a, a mom in Ho- in Hawaii. Hmm. Um, she was in a situation where she didn't have resources and she needed diapers. She reached out. We Amazon shipped them to her and and solved the issue. So we've helped a mom in Hawaii. Uh, in Hawaii. We've helped one in Ohio. Um, I'm part of a... Um, a a group um and we had a single mom that needed and this is another impactful story we raised this money in like 12 hours but we had a mom that needed a thousand dollars to pay a lawyer to get a protective order in place Hmm. and basically in this group um we raised the money in that group 
and I used giving words as a vehicle to be able to get all the money in one place so I could call the lawyer and make the payment. That's awesome. So we didn't have the funding to operate in Ohio, but doing it specifically within that group, the money funneled through giving words, and then I was able to call the lawyer and make the payment when it needed to be made, and the protective order got put in place. Otherwise, the attorney would not go to court that day. Dude, that is that is that is a good story right there. That is the, that's what we want to hear because here's the thing is 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 we we want to we want to reach out. I mean, people that are listening right now, if you have a vehicle, if you have a car, if you have, I, I did a lot of praying before this because I, I I really truly believe that you know I've got to have God sit in me to to really just put this podcast out. So I'm not going in any direction. I'm just free flowing and and I'm I'm having God tell me what to do. So when I say this by means, this is, this is I truly feel that there's going to be impact on this show and, and i and when, when this releases somebody's going to give you a call and they're going to say we have a vehicle for you we have this we have that because here's the thing we've there's a lot of people that listen that yeah. have that impactful story of a single mother that maybe they're making tons of money now maybe they'll write you a check maybe they'll think we'll put all that in the bio but man just when I was sitting at your table, I mean, my mom, I remember I was telling you that story about my mom and her grand am and how she lost a trans. And, you know, those are little stepping points that really just get you to the next level. And it's mm -hmm. almost like God's watching out for those women, you know? So like, if there's something going on, we need to help these women. We need to help these, you know, if they need diapers, if they need wipes, I, you know, we were talking on a, a zoom call the other day about, you know, with her, Heather parody about maybe, maybe if you don't want to donate a car, if you don't, maybe, doing a, a self-help kit where it's mm -hmm. it's 100 150 200 bucks and and just mailing it to you as a gift for to impact one mom so if she has a breakdown she's got flares she's got if she has a flat tire in the morning she's got a pump in that thing you know those are just little things that will just impact and get them over because i know for a fact how many times that i've had a flat tire and i'm like shoot how am i going to blow this thing up well if you have that kit you can go out there and blow right. up your tire. You know, that right. way they're not ruining the tires. They're not ruining anything else. But those are just little things that, you know, can help. So I, I really want to push that out there and say, if you have any anything that you can give, giving words, just give. Yeah. Because here's the thing is they need hope. They need, and, and, and what I said in the beginning is we need to take action. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if not, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it. Take action and just do it because you know that it's going to help hundreds of people because not only is it going to help that mother, it's going to help the boss that she goes to work for because now if she's an asset to that boss. She's going to be able to take her kids to school. She's going to be able to go to the grocery store and get diapers if she needs to. Those are all little impacts that we don't ever think of every single day. But I want to, I want to back up a little bit because I want you to tell me the story of how you got in eight years ago to, to giving words, because I think that's a pretty impactful story. And, and so we can even dive back a little bit farther of the story you told me about, you know, how you were married before and it didn't work out. If you want to go into that, because that's the that's the sure. true journey that people want to hear, because, you know, with with that being yeah. said, just just tell our tell our guests what that 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 start and now that transition like i i call it as a roller coaster you're going up this mm -hmm. roller coaster tell me that roller coaster experience from sure. the beginning when you started this roller coaster sure um so i'll take you back. you know we all have defining moments that change the course of our lives um and so i'll just go back to when i was 17 years old um i was spending time at one of my friend's houses and her mom uh, took care of foster infants that she was actually weaning off drugs. Um, and in that moment, 
I saw the end of the story when there was no light at the end of the tunnel and there was no hope um, because no parent wants to see their child in that type of condition. And so there's a lack of hope. And then there's coping mechanisms that come into play, which can be drugs and alcohol. Um, so I saw that at 17 years old and immediately I wanted to become a dad. I wanted to become a father. Um, and so later on, I became a dad, became a father. Um, I was married for about 11 years and went through a divorce and became a single parent. Um, and part of that journey um, was being a weekend dad. And really the only normal day I had was on a Saturday where I woke up with my kids and went to bed with them because Friday was transport day and Sunday was transport day. Um, and so I went through that divorce when I was, uh, was 2008 during the housing crisis and, and I was in construction in housing. Uh, so it was not pretty when things turned south. So I lost my house, I lost my car. Um, I borrowed a car from my parents. It was a Mazda Miata, which was their extra car and two kids can't fit in that. So on the weekends that I had my kids, I had to borrow a different car just to get my kids. So I couldn't even provide transportation for my own kids. Mm. Um, and so I went through that struggle and I actually, you know, journal a lot and write down my prayers. And I went ahead and pulled two out of my Bible. Um, and so I went through that divorce in 2008 and uh, 425, 2009. Um, you know, this is a weekend with my, my children. I'm so very thankful. It's been a long journey. I really enjoyed watching my daughter sleep. Uh, I miss him so much. God is so good. He is faithful. He, he has an unending love. And I know at some point my children will live with me. Now, that was my mm. prayer. Mm. Um, That's good. And so October 7th, 2012, which is three years later, um, I got married in 2010. And, and for me, there was a lot of loss when I went through that divorce um, and I read Job a lot and then continually, like my life verse is trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to your own understanding, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. So there was a lot of things that I didn't understand, but I knew God was in control. And so <clears throat> I just happened to meet a single mom and we got married and something that I thought was not going to be possible at the beginning of my divorce was to be married again and be married for a lifetime and to have a life partner. And so God restored everything that I lost in double measure because I gained two bonus daughters in the process. And so instead wow. of two kids, I had four. Um, and I've seen God's restoration in all four of my children um, through this process. My son came to me last year and said, dad, I'm really thankful that you and Jenny got married because it's given me an example um, for the relationship that I'm in um, to be able to operate out of where I wouldn't have had that. Um, so there's been restoration and sometimes it takes time, you know, it's, it's not immediate. So, you know, that transpired over a three year process. Um, and then <clears throat> what happened? So the early story at 17, you know, seeing those foster infants. And then in 2008, I went on a missions trip with uh, my wife and we were in Honduras and I was at the bottom of the mountain and I just happened to glance out of the uh, bus window and I saw a young child, probably about eight years old, digging through the dumpster. And so my immediate thought was, why is this? How can I change this? And so I'm sitting on the bus, you know, on Google researching Honduras. And so in Honduras, if you teach a child English, it moves in from poverty to middle class. And my wife's an English teacher. Wow. And so 
the original vision for giving words was to actually give words of English to Hondurans and, and shift their narrative from that of poverty to middle class. And so <clears throat> what happened is we come back from Honduras. There was a lot of unrest and violence, so we couldn't go back. My grandmother uh, became ill, so I began taking care of her. And then I got custody of my granddaughter. Um, to my daughter, which is a single mom, and, and part of me filling the gap is raising my granddaughter. And so we couldn't go back to Honduras. And so I was a single parent. Jenny was a single parent. And our pastor did a sermon on, you know, everybody's always asking what God's will is. Why don't we look at where he's working and throw the canoe in the whitewater? Wow. And, and so I opened Giving Words December 2017. Um, um like at two 30 in the morning. Cause I just, I'm like, we got to do this. Like we have experiences, single parents, you know, my wife's been a single mother for 10 years, um, comes from four generations of single moms is, and, and really the trials and things we go through are for us, but they're for others. Like once we come through that, mm -hmm. then we're to hold our hand out and lead others through that same journey. Mm. And so I know, I know single moms like Jenny had to live with her mom for three years before she got her own place. And her mom had to help her with a down payment so she could even get her own place. Wow. And so with giving words, can we fill the gap and bridge the gap to where moms are able, single moms are able to get on their feet sooner than a longer process, which benefits their children and them as well and society as a whole. I mean, I was I was reading some stuff on your line, and it says 15 million. There's 15 million single mothers out there in the world right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine that? 15 million. Just think of that. 15 million. And if we can impact, and, and, and my mission with the power of helping people with this podcast is just to help one. You're helping right. hundreds. You know, I mean, that's that's the that's the power of helping. You know, I mean, and giving words is a huge, huge thing. But I want to take a couple minutes and I want you guys, there's a, I got, I got about a three and a half minute video and I want you guys to just really just watch this. So I'm going to put this on and just, just really just take it, take a look at this. So give me a second here. I'm going to put this up here and I want you guys to really just, this gives you a little bit more understanding.
never thought it would be like this. Unexpected heavy loads. Travels on outside never shows it. But inside I'm wishing for a simpler road. She's worthy, wrapped in stardust skin, a precious gift, forced to be reckoned with. Is there love around the corner when I walk out my front door? Is there hope and joy in knowing all that's broken will be restored? Wow, man, goosebumps, goosebumps. So, oh. Oh. I'll tell you something very, very interesting. So obviously in 08, sitting there looking at that Honduran child was the birth of giving words. And that song you just listened to did not exist. It was a 14 month vision that I had to have a song for giving words and I'm not musically inclined and I don't sing. And I didn't know how God was going to do it. I just continued to pray over it. And one of the things that happened is I went to my daughter's church to hear a group. It's called Homestead Collective. And I'm, me and Jenny are sitting there listening to them sing. And she's talking about, you know, I wrote this song for my, my dad for Christmas. And I'm like, they're going to write a giving word song for us. And my wife's like, you can't walk up to strangers and ask them to write you a song. And I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> so I walked up to them and said, look, I'm giving, you know, we do giving words. This is our mission and vision. This is what we want to do. And we want to have a song and they accepted to write that song for us. And so for a year, I sent them those mom stories and they developed that song from the stories of the mothers that we served for the first 12 months. And so like every time I hear that song, God's provision, God's provision to the mission and vision of giving words. Um, and, and so I just wanted to share that part, just hearing the song again. Dude, that's memory back. It's amazing song, and I and, and I I felt like I had to share that with people because you know it's it's like I, there's a quote behind me. It says, "Who loses if you don't win?" You know, and and that's a very powerful quote because if you don't get up every single day and take action, who loses? These single right. mothers. You know, we got to start thinking a little more outside the box. We've got to look at that. And, and just every day when we get up, who loses if we don't win? I know if I if I don't get up every single day, people that are in my life, my company and everything like that, they're going to lose. Mm -hmm. So we have to put that pressure on ourselves because then we take action. We do exactly what God wants us to do. He points us in the right directions. He pushes us to be better every single day. 
And I truly believe that. And so I want to ask you another question. And, and, and this is a pretty, pretty good question. And it says, what keeps you energized every single day? And I know what I know what keeps you energized. But man, give me give give our listeners what keeps you energized every single day, because this is your passion. You, yeah. you have a full time job. So, you know, for those of you, I mean, most people are like a nonprofit, you know, he, he that's what he does. No, you have a full time job. You work every single day on your full time job plus doing this. So I just want to say thank you for that, first and foremost, because that's an amazing, amazing thing you're doing. But tell us a little bit about what energizes you every single day. Wow, man. Um, so one of the things that energizes me, uh, and this I've not spoke about this a lot, but my mom was raised by a single mom, and there was four kids, and they all four went into foster care. Um, and so part of my childhood, I was raised by my great-great-aunt. Um, I didn't know she was my great, great aunt until I was 16 years old because my parents told me she was my grandmother because she was an alcoholic, which was my mom's mom. Um, so they wanted me to have a positive experience with a grandmother. So my great, great aunt um, was my grandmother until I was 16, which she continued to hold that title because um, I wasn't changing it after that point. But so my mom had a pretty difficult childhood uh, being in foster care and being the oldest child trying to take care of the other ones. Um, you know, her mom with four kids really, really had a hard time and there was nobody there to fill the gaps. Hmm. Um, and so I do this for my mom. Um, I do this for my sister because she's been a single mom twice. Um, when me and Jenny started dating, she'd been single for 10 years. And you can imagine what the honeydew list is over a 10 year period of time, <laughs> like doors yeah. not working, oh, like yeah. cars all messed, like all kind of stuff. So I saw the disparity that existed in her life doing the best she could. I saw the disparities <clears throat> in my bonus daughter's lives doing the best they could um, without the lack of a man around the house. And so I do it for them. I do it for my wife. Um, a big inspiration, you know, my daughter became pregnant. Um, she went to Liberty Godlands. And if you think about this, like I saw these infants being weaned off drugs and my daughter was having issues with drugs and I got her into Liberty Godparent home and that kept her safe and kept Charlotte safe for those nine months. She left there um, and went back to Richmond and was there for about four months. And she called me suicidal. Uh, I went down to go pick Charlotte up and my daughter and my daughter wouldn't leave and come home with me, but she gave me the baby. And mm. so I, every morning I wake up with, with her every morning. And what if, like, I mean, she's almost six years old and like, I can't even imagine, um, you know, we fixed a mom's car. And this is literally what she was doing. I, I'll tell you two stories. We had one mom that was putting water in her car every day um, so she could drive five miles because the radiator was bad and she couldn't afford to replace it. Um, and so she's adding water every day. Well, what happens when winter comes around? That process is not going to work. Luckily, we fixed it before winter. I had another mother that had a spare tire on the front of the car and a slow leak in the rear. She would pump mm -hmm. her tire up in the morning do our errands during the day. And by the next morning, the tire was flat. She'd pump it up again and do the exact same thing again. If that tire developed a fast leak, then she was done. 
not going to work, not doing anything. She couldn't even buy one tire, man. Wow. So what if? I mean, we're talking $125. Yeah. You know, we just, we did a partnership with Walmart for two vehicles at the high school and they gave us tires. So I've got tires at the high school from Walmart on two cars that are going to move moms forward. And, you know, when these moms get these cars, there's no car payment. Like they get a free car and, and it's a new lease on life. Um, you know, if you like we've given many cars away, you know, I had a car donated in Charlottesville. It went to Seville Classic uh, Cars Repair Shop. And all we had to do is buff the headlights for it to pass inspection. And we had no money in it. Wow. So the, the thing that I look at, like the, the car repair is a necessity, but connecting them to community is where we really shift the needle. And, and as we're shifting the needle for these moms, we're shifting it for the next generation as well. And then if you look at the high school component, like the students work on this car, we bring the mom into the high school with their children to give the car away. And usually if we've got four or five students, we have two or three that are in tears. And what I think about is when I was 17 years old and I saw that mother weaning those foster infants off drugs, it changed my life. How many lives are we changing in the high school in the 11th and 12th grade year, which is a byproduct of what we're doing. You can't, we can't buy that with money. Hmm. And so we're doing twofold. We're creating character and empathy in our youth. And we're also moving the lives forward for this single mother that just doesn't have an opportunity. Um, and if you take a married couple, $500 will offset a married couple's budget in the U.S. based on federal statistics. Take a single mom. Like when I got divorced, and if you think about divorce, you, you got one house, now you got two. Well, that math doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And so how can we fill that gap and bridge that gap to success, like educational opportunities, resume building, like, you know, we get the car repair. It's really what happens after the car repair. So like resume building, job opportunities, connecting them with communities. So you have um, other single moms bonded together walking this journey together, not alone. I know when I was a single parent, I, I felt alone. I felt ashamed. I didn't want to ask for help. I felt like I failed my parents, felt like I failed my kids. And so that's kind of that mindset. And so if we can flip the script on that and, 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 and reflect God's love and action by the car repair, the heart's open. Now we can connect to community. We can connect to church and to opportunities. And that's how we shift the needle. And so it's never been about the car repair, but it's about the car repair. It's hope. You're giving yeah. people hope, you know, yeah. and to be honest with you, just having those young kids being able to see that kind of stuff, because even 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 though, you know, things are changing, we still need to put that in our children. We still mm -hmm. need to show them what hope is. We still need to show them the empathy of doing things on a day to day basis to help. I tell my kids. Every single time, every single day, I'm like, go out and make an impact. Go out and do that one thing that will will touch somebody. That's why my kids are always out there saying, you look nice. Do you need any help holding doors? My son opens my door uh, for my, my wife every single time. That's the stuff that you have to do. Yeah. Because that gives us in this world hope. 
you know, Absolutely, and, man. and I, I'm just reading over some stuff and, and you guys did a volunteer thing and, and you guys were doing like a little, uh, real quick thing of baby wipes, groceries, assistance, uh, strollers, furniture, ba- uh, baby diapers, car repair, specific stuff. If you are out there and you're willing to help with giving words, all it takes is a little, I mean, it could be five bucks. It could be 10 bucks. It could be 20 every like like you said it only costs 100 or 200 bucks to sometimes get vehicles on that is an impact and if we can get people to just give a little bit Mm -hmm. that's that's the hope we have yeah and and right now like with our growth cycle we're in our fourth year we're really a nonprofit. should probably be 25 percent grants and 75 percent funded um by individual donations monthly and so we're we're 75 percent grants right now and so, like, if you took 100 people giving $10 a month, that's $12,000 at the end of the year, and that takes care of one whole grant, and it's 100 people, 10 bucks. Um, you know, if you had 10 businesses giving $100 a month, there's another 12000 If you had 10 churches giving, you know, $100 a month, there's another 12000 And we're now here at 36000 And then if you even break it down, like, we could be sustainable. And, and really what we're looking at right here where we're at is building the launching pad to serve East Coast to West Coast. Because all we got to have is a career career and technical education program and partner repair shops. And the partner repair shops help facilitate overflow so we're not burdening the school too much so they can still be educating. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where the partner repair shops come in. And then to give you an example, like one of our partner repair shops is uh, Seville Classic Cars out of Charlottesville. And if you can imagine like a 2002 Honda Civic sitting beside an $80,000 Camaro, it it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so like their clients that come in that are having these cars restored are like, you guys work on O2 Honda Civics? And they're like, no, this is our nonprofit work um, that we're doing because the customer, their customers can't even logic through it. They're like trying to figure (laughs) out what the deal is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it goes right back to God math. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and God moving in the impossible. And when we when we step forward in faith, he then moves ahead of us. And mm-hmm. uh, like if you look at giving words, like to give an example, you know, when we first started, we didn't have a lot of money um, and our moms need clothes. And so one of my ideas was to partner with consignment shops. So we set up an account. Women in the community can uh, take clothes there, put them on the giving words account. Those clothes sell, and then our moms can shop there with vouchers for free. And wow. so that's community supported, and we're providing clothes for our moms. We're providing an experience, too, where they get loved on and cared for, and they're able to shop instead yeah. of have things just handed to them. So it elevates that as well, and it doesn't cost giving words anything because it's community supported. So we've got consignment shops all over the place. I could go to Texas right now, find a consignment shop, open a giving words account, have that process going on and be providing clothes for single moms in Texas. Dude, I love that idea. I love, I love, I love that idea. That is amazing, amazing, amazing. Because, you know, just those little things, those little, those little things that you can do to help giving words and help single mothers is just so impactful. Now, what does success look for you, you know, in your eyes with giving words? Um, it's, for me, it's moving the needle. Um, and really like, it's not the number of car repairs we do. It's not the number of like, you know, of moms we have. It's like really building a relationship, building community 
and moving the needle, like mm-hmm. whether it be with education, resume building, but like really sh- a generational shift is success for me. So if we took, you know, four moms and moved them f- forward with mindset uh, and a shift, then that's the success that we're looking for because that right there goes right to the child. Like, and then what that does is goes to their children's children. So, and, and the thing for me with giving words, like I've, you know, I, I built up to like four or five spreadsheets. This thing got pretty complicated. Like we had a car donated. Where is it at? What repair partner? Is it finished yet? Is it not finished? So we put in software that simplified things. And the software also allowed me to add volunteers because, you know, I had 60 some partners on my phone. Well, that means Eddie has to coordinate everything with 60 partners. Now the partners are in a computer system where, you know, basically large vision is I can search partners by zip code. So I have a mom that calls in anywhere in the United States. I can pop a zip code in, see what partners I have around her for support. And then I can get her in co- contact with them, you know, larger vision. Dude, that's awesome. But without that in place, I wouldn't be able to do that. And, and really for giving words, I wanted to outlive my life cycle. Um, so I'm building it in a way that it's plug and play with people that are like-hearted, like-minded that can, that can fit into the, into it and then run with it. Um, because we, we do want to be East coast to West coast, uh, because the need is there and we have a system that's working. And so really what we're looking at now is, is building that legacy donor base, which is just monthly. So if you've got somebody giving $5 a month, whatever that is, that's going to build the legacy for giving words because we're sustainable on a monthly basis, not based on grants that we can continue this on past my life cycle. So my, my hope in this, in this whole podcast is, is, you know, and since I've been praying about this a lot is, is we want to get those grants away. We want you to be yep. funded by donations. And I really truly think that, you know, I have a passion in this, so I truly am going to help you as much as I can, but I truly love, what you're doing and I truly amend you. And I got one more question before we wrap it up because obviously this is almost to an hour. We could be talking for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. But how who who else needs to be involved in this and how can they help? Wow. <clears throat> um so really like if you look at partnerships and we just think about necessities of single moms. Um and so like adding partners doesn't have to always be repair shops. Um, it can be lawyers that are willing to do pro bono work. We've got some counselors that are willing to do pro bono work because counselors have a certain minute, a certain amount of hours that they will be able to do that. And so we've got counselors added in to where we get a call from mom and she needs a counselor. We can connect her to a counselor for free. Um, and that's mm-hmm. fulfilling the obligations that they have. So like counselors, lawyers, um, somebody that can provide education just as far as finances, that's a huge one um, because that's a rudder on the ship and it's so tight already. How can we, how can a single mom really tell her money where to go when it's so tight, when she's trying to decide like literally do I pay my rent or do I buy groceries? And obviously the car is the last deal because she's going to feed her, feed her family. Mm-hmm. And she's going to continue to pay rent. And so, like, if you look at the survival budget here in Louisa is 43000 And if you plug it into a Dave Ramsey budget, that gives them about $693 for rent. 
you can't rent anywhere for that. It's $1,100 or above. So they're already in the hole. So that's mm -hmm. why the car can't be repaired. Hmm. But most of our moms are at 23,000 working 30 hours a week at Family Dollar, Dollar General, all these different places that don't want to pay benefits. And so they're at 23,000. So they have 200 hmm. and some dollars for rent. Hmm. And those numbers don't work. Um, and so this is another vision further on down. So if we have uh, students handing out car keys, why can't they hand out house keys? And so that's mm. why we're looking at a tiny house model where we can actually move a mom through a process of home ownership. So she's got that middle ground. And, you know, we can build a tiny house through the high school for 50% of what it would cost to buy one. And so you're getting back to that taking little to make much. Dude, I love it. I love it. And, and you know, also, too, is you have uh, partners like Love Inc. Love Inc. is I'm, I'm in Michigan and Love Inc. is a big thing. I've actually uh, had Love Inc. I used to own a, a fleet service and uh, we still do own it, but we don't do outside work. But um, I owned a fleet service and we had a couple uh, people come in and Love Inc. paid their bill. Yep. So it's similar to you. So are those, is there other partners that you could partner up with out of state to help you with those things? I mean, especially mm -hmm. with Michigan, say, say somebody says, I want to put one of those in Michigan. I want to put a giving words in Michigan. Right. Can they do that? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. So the components that we're working on now, like we've, we're in our fourth year, we put the, the computer system in stuff like that. And what we're trying to do is build that launching pad. So we've got like the employee handbook, you know, this is what the intake coordinator does. And so we're building the model to where we then can do that. Awesome. Um, and so that's the component piece that we're at now. And then that still breaks back into funding because we're grant based. Mm -hmm. um, so we have no employees. Uh, we've, we're volunteer based and, and people are putting in time where they can put time in. But as we grow and we have employees, then we can start building that groundwork to be able to replicate. Um, you know, I've got I've got a lawyer set up <clears throat> that can activate a state for me. Um, it, because, you know, even in the nonprofit world, like if I start raising funds in the state, if I'm not meeting the state requirements, I can get in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, and so like those things have to then be put in place and, and really just. I mean, simply, if I've got those partnerships in those areas, the career and technical education program um, and the partner repair shop. I could go live in any state, call the lawyer, go live, start accepting donations, but we got to have the personnel to handle the volume. Like, mm -hmm. like, and the thing you don't want to do and what we've struggled with here and we've had to put in a pre-qualification process is single moms get told no all the time. And so mm -hmm. within the last month, we went to a new model where we're actually helping single moms through partner organizations that call us first. They call mm -hmm. and say, hey, can you help this single mom before the single mom knows that we're there to help? I and that it. way we can reach back out and you want quality over quantity because mm -hmm. if I've got, you know, a hundred moms that I'm trying to help and I've got two people processing them all, it's going to take a while to do that. Um, and you lose the love and the compassion and the connection in that process, turning numbers. And so, and, and I knew when we started giving words, I mean, we're talking 15 million people. In my county alone, we have 2,700 moms and I've got a hundred of them. You know what I mean? Wow. And I'm busting at the seams. So we've got to build out the systems and processes to be able to handle more so we can continue to have that quality care. Um, 
Well, with your vision, with your vision and everything, I can see it happening. And then within the next ten years, we're gonna we're gonna get on on here again, and we're gonna be like, wow, look where we're look where Giving Word has has, has really landed. You're in you're gonna be in twelve states. You're gonna be here. You're gonna be there, and it's just gonna be such an impact. So I know people are out there that are they're saying, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna give to Giving Word. So. I know for a fact that this 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 conversation will be impactful for you. I, I truly, truly believe. I mean, I when I was praying about this uh, last night and this morning, I truly when when I brought you on, I knew something was going to happen and things are already working and we haven't even we haven't even launched this episode yet. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's just really powerful. And I just want to thank you for being on here. And, you know, I really want you to just really keep taking action. That's all I can say is keep action and just think of that in the back of your head. Who loses if you don't win? Absolutely. You because know, if you say that stuff, if you say that every day, it yeah. drives you. It drives you and drives you and drives you. So I want to thank you very much for uh, being on here. And uh, sure. you know, I just I just love you, man. I really truly yeah. do, man. I just yeah. truly think that you know us meeting was truly impactful, man. Oh, look at that BSI hat, dude. I love it. I love it. <laughs> dude, you know, I just, uh, I love passing those things out because it's just, it's my most comfortable hat. Every time I, I give them yeah. to people, they're like, wow, this is comfortable. But, you know, that BSI uh, logo is going to go all around the world and people don't even know what it is. But, you know, yeah. it's just something that's, it's, it's my driving force to do what I have to do to help people. And so the more I can do the BSI and, and do what I got to do, the more impact I can have on this world. And that's true. Truly, truly my blessing. And that's what I want to do because that's what God's telling me to do. So I want to thank you very much. And we're going to we're going to take it from here. But thank you very much. And just hang tight. And then we'll, we'll discuss in a couple of minutes. But thank you, bud. I really appreciate you being, you right, being a guest thanks here. So much. Yeah, thanks. really appreciate it, man. Right, you are capable of anything you can achieve.